Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. How are we doing? Doing all right? Nice to see a little bit of sunshine this morning. Gosh, what a, it's been a windy, a windy week. But nicely, there's something that looks a little bit like spring today. The, the buds are on the trees and the blossoms out. And it's, it's wonderful. Spring, spring is my favourite season. Actually, I like all the seasons, but spring, just when everything's coming alive. Some of you are looking at me like, what are you? I mean, really, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. I'm going to, it's like, yeah, that's awesome. Could you get on with the message, please? All right, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. So uh, on our Vision Sunday, which is the Sunday which we talk about we, we uh, reconnect with the vision of the house and we, um, we also talk about an emphasis for the year. And our emphasis for the year is what we have been unpacking, unpacking last week and today and will be over the next couple of weeks from Isaiah 54. And um, we uh, have been using a modern uh, translation of the Bible, good, easy to understand English, to uh, speak about this scripture. It's from the message version. Isaiah 54 verses 1 to 6 says, This sing barren woman who has never had a baby, fill the air with song. You who've never experienced childbirth, you're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not coming up short. Allow me to pray. Father, Lord, we need you. We need you. I say so often, I pray so often that we don't need more information, but we do need revelation. Open our minds open our hearts, open our understanding to receive everything that you would want us to receive today. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over every, every distraction. And I pray, oh God, that, that Lord, you would give us an open heaven and freedom to engage with your word, that Father, it will sink deep in our hearts and impact our lives. In the name of Jesus and a faith-filled church said, Amen. So the bit I want to emphasize today is, is, is around, around drive the temp pegs deep, deep. Say the word deep, deep. deep. That, is, that is what I, I want us to grasp today. We're, we're, we're speaking about strength and we're speaking about deep. And um, yeah, we, one of the things that I said on Vision Sunday and, and, and just to reconnect with that moment, reminders. Um, I, I, I believe, 
you're visiting today and you don't normally come or you don't normally come here, we actually haven't always been here. We've only been here. We're in our ninth month here. And uh, we were at a, on, on a little room now. It would certainly seem little now uh, on, on Talbot Street. It's still there. We pray there in our uh, once a month uh, heart prayer. But we came here because we were believing God to, to, to do something in us as a community. We, we wanted to be the kind of people who didn't just talk about the possibilities of what God could do, but actually put ourselves in a position to see God do something in us and God do something through us. And, and it was, it, it's, it's been a big leap. It's been a big leap because we've changed location. So there's, uh, there's uh, geography and also technologically, you know, we couldn't have fit, fitted this in our old building. So, you know, uh, we've, 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 we've stepped up our game. And, and I believe that God, God brought us into KMC to call something out of us that the future needs. God, God will do that. He will get us into a different environment. There are, some, there are some environments that are easy, easier to be open in, to engage with, to, to listen in. And, and God has brought us into a, a larger environment because He wanted us to get used to occupying a larger space. And then at the same time, he wanted in this environment to call something new, to call something fresh out of us, to make a demand. That's not just to do with making church work. It's to do with us growing as, as people, as growing as Christians. It's involved sacrifice and I know that isn't always a popular word, particularly perhaps in, in our day and our culture. But I'm a believer that, that sacrifice has to be part of our lives. Um, we cannot follow Him who left the courts of heaven, laying aside His majesty, beaten beyond recognition, nailed to a cross to set us free. We can't have that and then not understand that we are carried, each one of us, to carry some sort of cross ourselves. And as we walk with Jesus, we, we, we recognise, we, we, I trust, we, we grasp that the, the greatest joys in life and this flies it flies in the face of what society might say but the greatest joy in life is in regard to what I give not what I get Jesus is counterculture his message is counterculture and you know sometimes I've been in a couple of environments where leaders have, have, have not looked in awe, but they had that look in the eye that said, what are you doing? You know, it's like, why, why would you do this? And, and I think that maybe if I was looking at things from their position, I would understand what they're saying. But I know, I know what God is seeking to do in us. And I know what God is seeking to do for us. He's not doing something to us. He's doing something 
for us. See, when, when the exercises are difficult, there are two ways to make them easier. Are you with me? I know I've, I know I've mentioned the word exercise and that's a bit of a challenge. But when, when, when the exercises are difficult, there are two ways to make them easier. The first is to stop doing them. That's what I'm talking about. No, 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 no. The second is get fitter. One is easier because I'm, I've stayed as I am. The other is easier because I've grown to meet the challenge and increase my capacity. And I believe that one of the things that God has brought us here for is to get spiritually fit. Um, and, 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 and because we're in an environment where a demand is being made upon us, but because of that demand, we're growing and we're getting stronger in God. And I also think we're here to learn a new dependence on God. To do the work of God, I don't believe you can rely upon your own talent and your own resource because it will never be enough. We believe that God gives us talent and we believe that God wants us to use that talent, but it is never only enough. Only that which is done through and by the Spirit of God will endure. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. It's not just about gathering a crowd that, that determines our success. I've used the illustration before, but you know, if I'd gone on Radio Nottingham this morning and advertised that we were going to be giving out free beer at the end of the service. It's okay. I, I, some of you are getting nervous because I mentioned beer in church. It's fine. It's okay. It's like, We've got those who are upset I've mentioned exercise. Now we've got those who are upset I've mentioned beer. I don't know. We're not, are we after a good start? I don't know. But like, if I, we would have gathered a crowd. People would have come. Would they have come for the right reasons? Probably not. Probably not. I know some of you are going to say, oh, well, the Lord can do all things. Yeah, I know. I'm not now saying that we offer free beer as an evangelism strategy. You can do that at your house. But what, I, what, I, what I'm saying is that it's not just, we're not here just to gather a crowd. We're here because we need God to do something in us. And we do that from a place of dependency. So Isaiah points us to this structure of a tent. And if you were here a couple of weeks ago, that would be a bit of a familiar picture because we had... Uh, two or three tents actually on, on the platform. And a tent exists because of the unseen forces of tension and stretching. I could say a lot about this, but because I want to get to somewhere else, I, I'm not going to talk too much about this. But the space of a tent exists because of stretching and because of tension. But a tent survives because of how deep the tent pegs go. So one of the things that I love about the, 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 the tent is the unseen forces that keep it there. A space is created, a space you can occupy 
because of the unseen forces of tension and stretching. But that space survives because of how deep the tent pegs go. So in other words, the survival of what is seen above the ground is dependent on how deep the tent pegs go. Turn to someone and say, how deep do your tent pegs go? So I want us to understand and remember that this space that we are talking about, but actually this space that we are in now only survives if we have established a deep place. This is the stuff that is seen above the ground, but it only survives if it's anchored by something deeper. In fact, deep tent pegs means that we are anchored. It's, in fact, the tent has to be anchored because anyone who's done any camping will know that there are forces there seeking to take it down, to move it, to shift it from the place where it is. So there are unseen forces holding the tent up, but there are unseen forces seeking to take that tent where you don't want it to be. But the tent pegs anchor that position. Things that aren't anchored are vulnerable to those unwanted forces. And they force us, pushes to a space that we didn't expect to be, that we didn't want to be. Driving, driving tent pegs deep speaks of commitment. It means we're here for a while. We're occupying this space for a while. This place is home for now. That's what, that's what we're saying. In order, to, in order for us to go to the next level, we've got to do that from a place. We might be occupying a temporary space, but God is wanting to pull permanent things out of a temporary space. So there are things that we can learn here that will prepare us and equip us for where we're going. We might be in a temporary space, but this is, God is doing something of permanence in us. Commitment, commitment may be demanded. Sometimes we will give the impression of commitment to look good, but ultimately true commitment, true commitment is below the surface. What I do flows from something that has happened in my heart. It's the physical manifestation of something that's much deeper. So that's kind of, that's just kind of painting a little bit of a backcloth to where I want us to go today, to help us to understand that, that the things that are seen, the things that are perceived, the things that are above the surface, surface are established by the unseen. Going deep means I learn to trust in the unseen. So I, wanna, I, want to, I wanna take you hopefully in a little bit of a journey in your head for a moment to help us understand what we, what we are about because 
our strength is in our deep. As we seek to follow Jesus, it's not, it's not about getting caught up in do, do, do. You know, we, we talk about things that we need to make this place work. Um, and, and absolutely, we need to make this place work. We, 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 we need help. We need volunteers for that to take place. But, uh, but our, what we believe, what we trust in is not rooted in works. It's not about just, and, and hear me out before you judge me. It's, it's not just about, you know, pray, worship, Read my Bible. Oh, I better put on the full armour of God, you know, the, the belt of truth, the, the, the helmet of salvation, the, the, the shield of faith. It's not, you know, the sword of the Spirit. Oh, you know, it's like, and, and, then, and then, oh, I need to listen to the preach. I need to listen to the podcast. And then, oh, I need to go to church. And oh, I need to, I need to go to a conference or two. And oh, I need to watch God TV. And I haven't watched TBN. And, 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 and Christianity can end up just Going through the motions. I've got to do this stuff. I've got to do this stuff. I've got to do this stuff. Because by doing the stuff, it means I'm a Christian. It's a bit like parenting. You know, if you, if you say, this is what parenting is about. It's about sleep deprivation. It's about dealing with nappies. It's about dealing with incessant crying where what you soothed them with yesterday doesn't work today. Uh, in fact, you've got to be, spend a huge amount of times feeling completely overwhelmed and underappreciated. You've got to be a teacher, a counsellor, nurse, chef, cleaner, sports coach, homework assistant, etc., etc. And a moment's notice, and all without thanks from your child. Until they have a child. And then they might say, how did you manage? Well, is this parenting? Yes, but it's so much more than that. Some of you are at that overwhelmed and underappreciated comment, aren't you? It's all right, the Lord's got you. We need to, we need to move on. It's, parenting is those things, but it's, it's not that because it's about family. It's about relationship. It's about love. Those things are ingredients that are in the pot that make this work. And it's not, but it's not the thing. It's not the thing. It's not everything that I'm doing that is the thing. Is the thing what I'm doing important? Yes, it is important, but it's not the thing. The thing should be rooted in love. It's not so much about what I know, but who I know. Walking with Jesus is not first and foremostly about the rules and the regs. It's about relationship. It's about relationship. That's what makes the difference. It's about my relationship with Him. It's about your relationship with Him. It's not about ticking boxes and working your way through the list and, and wearing yourself out trying to be good enough. It's understanding that He's... He's done it all. He's done it all. I, I cannot contribute to, to me being saved. 
Jesus has done all that through and by the power of the cross. We sang about it this morning. It's about the relationship. It's about the relationship. It's about the relationship. You see, um, for various reasons, um, you know, my, our family um, has a, a love-hate relationship with, with airports. Um, and that's because airports, on the one hand, are exciting places where you meet people, but they're also sad places where you say, where you say goodbye. And we've had a good mixture of those environments over the years. The point, the point that I want to make is that, the, that what happens in that public setting is a result of what has been established in a private environment. What you see there is what has or hasn't happened in private. So the public moment is rooted in what has been built in private. I want, I want you to think for a moment about someone that, that you love spending time with. I mean, you just love. And, and, and when, whenever you know that's coming up, you're just so excited. You, you, know, you know it's going to be a great evening. You know it's going to be a great day because you love meeting with those people. You love spending time with those people. It, it, you could be doing anything. It isn't even just around what you do. It's just just about being with them that makes the difference. What I want us to understand that our relationship with God should be at least that. It should be at least that. We, our response to God should be flowing from that kind of place. 2 Corinthians 13 uh, and 14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we say it often at the end of our service, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Fellowship is friendship. For friendship to work, you've got to spend time in one another's presence. Somehow, you've got to spend time in one another's presence. You, you need to develop relationship by talking, by listening. In fact, one of the great signs of being comfortable in a relationship is that you don't have to talk. You don't have to talk. You don't feel like you've, you don't feel compelled to say something, but, but the fact that you don't have to talk is proof that you have talked and that you've established, you've established a relationship. We develop relationship with God by spending time with Him talking to Him and listening. Not just hearing words, but acting upon them. Some great words from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7 says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house 
on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, the tornado, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. The temp pegs went deep. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. And when a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They'd never heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying. Quite a contrast to their, religious, their religion teachers. This was the best thing they'd ever heard. Don't you just love that? It was quite apparent that they were living everything they were saying. Talk about that in just a moment. So you see, strength comes from the hidden. Foundations are hidden. They are the deep place. But they determine what we see. The thing about building foundations is that they are expensive to build. Uh, you don't look like you've got much when you've, when you've got them but they are essential to what is built above the ground. It's the part of the tent peg you can't see that is bringing the strength. Are you with me? Are you with me? It's the bit you've, the bit you've put in the ground, the bit that's hidden, the bit you can't see is the bit that's bringing you strength and holding things down. Our strength is formed in the unseen in our lives. Matthew also said this, that when he was speaking about prayer, he said, and when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think that, do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we just felt that we didn't have to role play before God? I mean, actually, if you think about it, how ridiculous. How ridiculous that we put on this act before God thinking he doesn't know what's really going on. He knows the truth behind what we say. And so we can be trying to come across as this mighty woman of God. We can be coming, trying to come across as this mighty man of God, but he, he doesn't, he's not just listening to our words. He's not just listening to what flows from our lips. He's listening to the louder things that are, that are emanating from our, from our hearts. 
But Jesus points us there to a secret place. He points us to a secluded space, away from everyone, to to spend time with God, because that is the place where our need for intimacy is fulfilled. I I mean, quite uniquely, we, we are a social media generation. Uh, That means we're more connected than we've ever been with people all around the world in a moment. But we have less intimacy. Intimacy is about knowing someone deeply. It's about an emotional connection. It cannot be achieved quickly. It takes time and trust to build. You can have a million tap tap moments and never know intimacy. I would say that intimacy is rare amongst people because most of us only show people the us we want them to see, not who we really are. But God knows everything about us. Know this, we can say what we want, but we can't lie to Him. Even if we do lie to Him, we can't lie to Him because He knows everything. And loves us. I mean, doesn't that blow your mind? I mean, at the end of the day, you think you know me. I think I know you because we're showing each other the bits that we want to show. But God... God knows everything about me, the good, the bad, the ugly, the vile, the things. He he even loves me in spite of the things I hate about me. The things I wish I could change, the things I wish I wasn't there. He loves me. He knows everything and accepts me and, 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 and loves me and is excited to see me, excited to be with me. When God sees your name in His diary, If you'll excuse the picture, he gets excited. He loves the fact that he's gonna spend time with you. But our problem is that we're too busy saying, well, he couldn't possibly. He couldn't possibly. I'm not even sure I wanna spend time with me. Why would God wanna spend time with me? But but his desire to spend time with me is because he loved me. His love is not based on on my performance for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. You are loved, you are loved, you are loved. And, and, And some of you hear the word, but you don't link the word with the feeling because you you feel so unlovable. So for you, most of the time when you hear the word love, you feel that you're tolerated. Or you can accept the fact that God loves you, but you don't actually think He likes you. Well, He's got he's to tolerate me because He loves me. But God, God likes me. God likes you. And we, we, we are created for intimacy with God to the degree that if that need is not met, I will seek to fulfill that need somewhere else. I'll try and fill that vacuum with something else. It won't work, but I'll try. 
It won't work, but I'll try. So I was trying to, I was trying to, I don't, look, I don't, this is the first time I've done this. I've talked about it, but I've never actually done it. So if it goes horribly wrong, you've still got to love me, okay? <laughs> but um, I was trying to illustrate, illustrate the point that if, if we just say that this water is the presence of God and, and, and this is me, pretty screwed up. I can, I, can, I can come in the vicinity of the presence and, and remain unchanged. I, I can come to church. I can know about God. I can sing songs to God. I can be in the vicinity of God. But I'm still dried up and screwed, screwed up. I can even dip myself in. I can even dip in and leave pretty much the same way I left. Of course, the, the presence of God is not solely found in church. It is found in church, but it's not the only place I find it. So I can be in the vicinity. I can, I can know about it. Knowing about it is not enough. Knowing about it is not transformational. I can even dip in and remain the same. But something happens when I spend time in the presence. It takes time. It takes time to be with Him. I begin to loosen up. It's only as I spend time in the presence, and I wish I had another hand, Mike, you need to come and just hold the mic for me. <laughs> oh, come on. Because, thank you. What happens is, in the presence, I begin to open up. I come all screwed up. I'm the same, but I've received something that's changed me. I've, I've, I've absorbed something that's changed me and opened me up. In addition, I've received something. That which I've received is not me. I've absorbed something that is beyond me, but it means now I've got something to give away. And if I give away, I can end up dried up and screwed up again unless I come back into the presence and I receive again and I receive again. The difference between this version of me and this version of me is the presence. It's the Spirit of God. Our problem is that too many of us have talked about the presence still looking like this. And people have looked and said, well, I look like that. What have you got to give me? 
I have to be with him to have anything to give. Thanks, man. So by bringing my hard, resistant self to him, as I sit in his presence, where I once resisted and rejected, I now soften and receive. Once I've received, I can pour out what I've received. I bring my dry to His river of living water, my empty to His full. He fills me afresh. When I am in His presence, I open up and I'm flooded with Him. This is the strength of my life. Not by being close to the presence, not by acknowledging the presence, not by knowing it exists, but being in the presence. My strength is in the deep place. My strength is in the deep place. In fact, it's only here where everything makes sense. I only understand this version of me in the presence. Otherwise, I end up trying to be that outside of the presence. And I'll find myself frustrated I'm blaming God because I know you're there, Lord. And yet I just stay as I am. I just stay as I am. But with Him in the presence, everything is different. The strength is in the hidden place. What happens in the secret places of our lives will either make us weaker or stronger. There are forces that seek to uproot me, but when my strong is deep, they shall not succeed. Apart from the obvious, there is a difference between me and a tent peg that I would like to emphasize. Tent pegs are driven into the hidden place to resist. We enter into the hidden place to yield. I didn't want to just come and talk about this without giving us an opportunity just to, I don't know, just to come in the busyness and everything that's going on in our lives, the stuff we've got going on, the stuff that's going on in our heads, just to come and sit for a moment in His presence. Because the thing is this, the more you, the more you spend time with Him, the more you spend time 
in Him, the more you want it. I'm just talking to people who you love God, but you're just so tired of feeling dry and screwed up. I wrote something I'm going to read and and then we're just, Joe's going to lead us in something. Um, I just wrote this yesterday. It was just something I feel like I wanted to read to. As a prayer, as a poem, as something to open us up to this moment. Holy Spirit, this moment is not about performance, it's about you. Lord, as we come open ourselves to your presence we ask you to do that which only you can do as we acknowledge my strong is in my deep above the noise beyond the crowd I seek your stillness in the loud through every storm and fiery trial you walk with me each lonely mile oh Lord to you I come prone to wander this heavy heart seeks what this world cannot impart then that voice which calmed the sea stills my soul as it calls to me. So Lord, to you I come. Glistening treasures steal my eye, wrapped as truth, but they only lie. They say my road is filled with strife, but you are hope and peace and life, oh Lord. To you I come. When daylight fades and shadows fall, and anxious thoughts rise up to war, I bring to you my troubled soul, for in your presence I am made whole, O oh Lord. To you I come. Why do I hunger and thirst for more, yet splash in shallows near the shore? Let's hold hands and take faith's leap, risking all and nothing in the deep. Oh Lord, to you. you've come to the end of this message we hope you've been challenged and inspired stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media just search heart church uk